When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Mitch LaFon from Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. You are listening to the Shouted Out Loud cast with Tom and Zeus. Listen, I preferred when Jerry was part of the team, but hey, whatever. This one's unholy. Kiss Army. Tom and Zeus with another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast, episode 97. The Hot in the Shade Tour. How the hell are you? I'm a little bit under the weather tonight. I've I've been sick. I don't have the corona, but uh, you're going to have to excuse me if I'm sounding a little uh, froggy. (laughs) Hey, you mean that? Yeah, you mean the uh, froggy? Yeah, you mean the uh, froggy? Fred, hello, Freddy. Hello, this is Jackie. Hi. Yeah, how you doing? All right. I'm all right too. Good boy. What do you know? Oh, uh, just working hard. You know Jackie, huh? Jackie, Monticello. Oh, you don't ring a bell. You don't know me, my brother. My brother goes in there. Oh, want to talk to him? Yeah. Uh, you mean froggy? See, now I can't listen to that Metallica song because now we're going to go off on a rant when we did that Metallica bonus <laughs> and James Hetfield and James Hetfield's like, 
Hey, I do. And then all of a sudden it's like, hello, how are you? <laughs> yes. Oh, we're uh, off. Anyway, we're, we're, we're off to a good start here. Yeah. It's like a thousand degrees here. I'm in my new place. I have to have the windows down because I want everyone in the fucking neighborhood to hear me talking about Gene's cod piece. So it's like super hot here. I'm like sweating. Yep. Like 75 in here. Yep. And, um, that's our our uh, our forecast for the day. Back to you. Six one seven four two two. That's now our go to. When somebody says something significant, you just ignore it and go and right go, to the promotional scroll, aspect scroll, of the show. Go right to the phone number. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, that was his last day in the band. He passed away. 617-525-0850. You're up next on Ted Nation. All right. I, I hear you, brother. Anyway, oh. um, Tom, uh, we had a fun time last week. We had the mailbag issue. We had tons of feedback. We'll get back. We'll get into the comments a little bit. But first, we always go to the poll of last week. What did we have for a poll? Yeah, so the polls with with certain episodes can be tricky. So we got creative with this one. We we did we took a question that we answered ourselves on the mailbag and we kind of posed it to everybody out there. So the question was, would you rather have had Vinnie Vincent stay in Kiss and record Animalize or would you rather have had Bruce Kulick join Kiss earlier and fully participate and record all of of Animalize? Yep. I was surprised. I thought it would be more of a blowout. I mean, it kind of was, but I thought it would be much higher. It was 65-35 in favor of Bruce. So that's That's good. But some of the poll feedback, and and, and a lot of people made some good points. Um, Our buddy Baco from Cobras and Fire, he said, damn, I love Bruce, and Vinny was fucking nuts. But if they could have squeezed one more album out of him, that would more than likely trump any musical contribution from Bruce's entire time with the band. Wow. That's a big statement. Our buddy DG from Tennessee says, Bruce, he is slowly but surely becoming my favorite member ever. Sean DeHaan says, Vinny stays for Animalize, which means he probably would have written some songs. Then have Bruce start the tour. All right, best of both worlds. Uh, John Gross said Vinny had burned his bridges by then. There was no way Paul and Gene were ever going to make him or anyone else a full member after the end of Ace and Peter. Even during the reunion, Ace and Peter weren't even full members anymore. Okay. Zandon Black said Vinny Vincent, if given the choice at the time with no hindsight love for Bruce. Vincent Maroney, not Roman Maroney, (laughs) who we were just talking about before we started recording. Knock down that wall, knock down that wall, and knock down that fucking wall. Knock down that farging wall. Yep. He says, I'll take Farkin' Bruce. (laughs) (laughs) Who is that again? Vincent Maroney. Yeah. We can never come on. We can never say his name without playing a a Maroney, uh, Roman Maroney. Exactly. For all you people out there who might not know what we're talking about, go check out Johnny Dangerously with Michael Keaton. Oh my God! Such a absolute one of the most iconic '80s movies ever. Yep. Um, our buddy Deuce said Bruce Classic, one of my favorite guitarists. But give me a second album with Vinny. Lick it up is awesome, and Vinny's contribution can't be overlooked as a songwriter. He could have given us better songs, and his playing was still solid. Another album with Vinny for me. 
Heaven's on fire. There's a new, uh, a new, tw- a new Twitter page there. Oh, I l- wait a minute. Woo, 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 woo. What's that sound? There you go. It's a new Sunny Poonie burner account. We have the Shout It Out Loudcast burner account alert system in place. We don't know if it is, but uh, so that they say, I love Vinny, but Bruce Kulik. Stick Stickman says hard to vote against the great BK. But like you said, if Bruce is coming in for asylum, I would have loved to have squeezed one more album out of that crazy bastard talking about Vinny. And that was kind of a, what a lot of people said. A lot of people said, definitely Bruce, definitely Bruce. Our buddy Jay from the Hook Rocks says, I find this topic so interesting. A lot of what Vinny Vincent brought to Kiss ended up on the Invasion album. I would have loved to have heard Kiss versions of those songs. Okay. Uh, And then one of our all-time greatest Twitter handles, Trump, you lying shitbag. (laughs) I don't know. We might really feel. We might have to have the Zeus burner account alert system right (laughs) there. Uh, he says, Bruce, no contest. At least Gene's gut reaction after Vinny left was to get another fast player. We all saw how that didn't work out. Bruce is much more musical than Vinny as far as guitar players. Vinny can be annoying, can be an annoying wanker, both in his playing and personality. Paul, uh, he says, Bruce, for sure. The solo he's contributed to that album are phenomenal. All right. Look, that's a that's a really interesting so- topic. And, and, and you wonder, I said Bruce because I love Bruce. But I'm not going to argue with the Vinny people because you're right. If you could get one more out of Vinny, what he added was just extraordinary to the band. So a couple things. I feel like the poll, the easy thing is like, I don't think people read the polls. I think they just see Bruce Kulik, Vinny Vincent. So they're like, oh, Vinny, uh, Bruce Kulik. Everybody right. loves Bruce. Probably. Bruce yeah. is probably the most loved guy because no one dislikes Bruce. Right. Everyone has an issue with every other member of Kiss, with the exception of probably Eric Carr. Yep. Everybody has something, a drawback against them. So Bruce does not. So people saw that and wrote that. But I feel like the comments all said Vinny. And the logic makes sense to me. I said that during the question. I, I'll echo Baco's sentiments. I would see by putting Vinny on Animalize. Yep. You're not taking away from Bruce. Correct. So it's not like I'm saying. I w- would you rather have Bruce on Asylum or Vinny? I'll, I'm taking Bruce all day. But for Animalize, I'm giving Vinny extra. I'm not taking away from, uh, well, technically, he did do one of the two of the solos there. But, you know, but, you're, also, but you're also giving Bruce extra, too, by giving him another album. You're not yeah, taking but anything- I'm also, he did, he did do a couple songs on uh, Animalize, remember? Right, and he had a longer career. He still did like five more albums with Kiss. Yeah, but right. to me, the songwriting, how right. much better those songs could have been on Amalize if you had Vinny and the guitar playing. Just to have one more album with him would have been worth it, for me, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with that. I agree. I agree. So I mean, that's I mean, where I, I go with that. All right, so over onto Twitter for actual episode feedback. The <laughs> This feedback was interesting because we did do a mailbag episode, so it wasn't like there was a certain topic. Heavy Mayo says, I'm five minutes in. We have a Heavy Mayo reference, a Roman Maroney reference, and a gastrointestinal reference. (laughs) Our buddy Lovely Lance Lumley says, a comment on the topic of if Kiss would have journeyed into trends similar to the Fred Durst style of music, which (laughs) Zeus thinks they would have. Yeah. (laughs) 
He's saying, are you guys saying we could have gotten a whole kiss album full of rap rock? Like read my body. <laughs> oh God. No, no. Oh God. And then our buddy deuce. Didn't Gene do that prodigy song on asshole? Yeah, but that was a mess too. Don't compare anything on that. Ah, I can't wait to, I can't wait to we're heading. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Then Deuce gets in. He just goes off with his Peter North reference and he starts posting pictures. And I don't know where Deuce found this picture. Uh, It's, it's, it's gotta be Photoshopped or something, but it doesn't. It's a picture of Peter North wearing a Peter North star shirt. And it looks like the North stars logo, but it says Peter. And then the top of the N is like a dick, like blowing <laughs> yeah, a load yeah. instead of the arrow pointing North. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Pointer. Yes. You know how long it took me to realize through the years that Peter North meant Dick North. Like his bent dick would point up. Oh God. We it, really- I didn't realize it that he was like, it was a, like a fun name. I just thought it was his name was Peter North. Like the baseball manager, Dick Pole. <laughs> <laughs> and then you and then and then you provided in the actual YouTube video of Here Comes the Pizza <laughs> from Fenway. <laughs> oh my god. And then our buddy Steve jumped in with some comments about Uriah Heap because we talked about how uh Pandemic Paul did some uh condolences for uh Ken Hensley. So yeah, uh, you know, a l- lot of good stuff with that episode. Uh, people seem to have a lot of fun. But mailbag episodes are fun. They're fun for us because, you know, we can just shoot shoot from the hip with a variety of topics for, for a couple hours. So, uh, so that's, so that's yeah, Twitter. Didn't somebody have a picture of a Cinnabon? That was Deuce. It was a picture of Peter North next to a Cinnabon. Yeah, that's right. And But you forgot another one. Uh-oh. Stick Stickman. Uh-oh, what did I forget? Great episode. I'm taking Tori Wells, who was my first pick in the draft. Yours truly, Kevin North Earn. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, and and then and then you and then you respond with a gif of some a friggin' out of control fire hose. <laughs> oh, Tori Wells, first oh, pick in the draft. It was like a fucking combo of. Eva, whatever her name is. Oh, uh, oh Eva Mendez. Yeah, Eva yeah, Mendez. Yeah. And Cindy Crawford that did porn. Yeah, that's a good that that's actually a good combo. Yeah, I'll take I'll yeah. take that. I'll that's take what that. she looked like. Oh she, she loved the dick. <laughs> she certainly did like the dick. And if you're looking from some if you're looking for Academy Award winning porn, I cannot <laughs> urge you enough to check out Chameleon. <laughs> I mean, that is like the gone with the wind of nineties adult film right there that first that big scene there with her and the blonde and peter north fucking decorates the fucking fucking photo hanging out in the dining room wait you are you the coat check room are you are you refer are you you're referring to the great victoria paris you remembered her name (laughs) that the fucking double teaming and and he must have dropped i'm i don't I, i can't explain it he must have dropped like 50 pounds of pure, pure fucking porn semen all over this fucking, all over those two. Tori Wells still has retina problems from that fucking scene. Holy fuck. Yeah, it, it's, it was a fucking glazed donut. It was a mess. It was a- 
Chameleon. Yes, that's the Find one. Find it big. on Pornhub. Yep. What's the blonde's name? Is Victoria pa- Paris? <laughs> Kevin Northern <laughs> and Tori Wells. Scene. All you enjoy, oh. folks. Tell us what you think. Oh my God. Anyways, hopping over to fucking Facebook. David's on it. Ah, boy. Cool spot for the episode. Greetings from Italy. Tom Azuz. Nice. Uh, Lee Graham. You mentioned wanting Eddie Trunk as a guest. Shout out Loudcast. Have you asked him? He's guested on several KISS podcasts, so he's obviously not above such appearances. You know what? To be honest with you, we haven't reached out to him. Um, I know. Kevin Jepson. Gotta love those Kevin Jepsons. Holy crap. Thanks for the Red Sox pizza. I'm dying laughing watching that. Thanks for explaining the process of how you guys do an episode. Found that interesting. Thanks for all the hard work you do. Zeus, Tom is such a slacker. See, this is, and he put like a bunch of happy face. This is why I didn't want to fucking go into it. Because as I say all the time, if I felt that there was fucking somebody doing more than the other, I wouldn't do it. We have an equal partnership here. We have different roles. Um, And Tom does a shitload of other stuff. Nothing comes by here without me asking him and him asking me. We both find different guests. We both look up for uh, episode ideas. We both come up with topics. We both review everything. There's no... in alpha order to on this fucking thing, there are two alpha males. That's in order in order to have this show run or any podcast run for anybody out there, you have to have, or at least we do, two equal parts. And 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 maybe maybe one of those parts does a little bit more with section A, and a little somebody else does a little bit more with section B. But without both of those sections, there's no show. So yeah, I've had that conversation with one of our friends that does this podcast and stuff. And I say to him a couple, you know, in the kindest way, problem you sometimes have is you're, you're doing all the fucking work Yep. and you don't have anybody that you can say, what if we do this? What if we market here? What are we? you're doing it all? Yep. And the other people, you might as well just get fucking guest hosts because right. they, yep. you just tell them what we're going to do and, and they, then show, they up. Just show up. Yep. Occasionally you might have them do something. But it needs to, you need to have that person that you can trust can take it over and yeah. run the show and take a few days off and that person runs it and vice versa. It, it yep. can't work one way or the other. We have a, a, a you know I think a slight advantage over everybody else, Tom, because we've known each other since college. Right. We're like this. This isn't an act. This is what we do, and it, it works. We laugh at the same stupid jokes. Whatever we just laughed about. Fucking Roman Maroney. Right. We were just laughing about before we went on live. Literally. <laughs> like we literally talked about doing a bonus episode on reviewing Johnny Dangerously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we're like texting with Sonny as we speak. Right. And I texted him the fucking farting war shit about something right. stupid. Yep. This is how it works. And if you can't have a person that you feel is up to your level of work ethic and commitment which is the big word commitment oh yeah then it's then you'll always feel like it's not a a partnership a true partnership yep to me this is a partnership i never feel like i'm doing too much or tom's doing too much it works itself out it always does yep so i'm glad you uh you got it and uh and uh tom you can give kevin shit next time you see him or talk to him nice i will see him because i will see him on the kiss cruise 
some year if we ever have it. Oh, you'll have it. Okay, so here's a thing that me and you were also talking about. I'm going to play this, but I'm only going to play a portion of it. Our next comment is from Jack Pinaccio. <laughs> Yeah, I cut it off. I, I I want to retire a few things. We were talking about work. I I love playing the Jack's music theme, and I am, but I'm not going to play the whole fucking thing from now on. I'm not going to do the same thing for Joey Quesadilla. And the YouTube. YouTube. And uh, what's the other one? Star. Star. All that shit. You get the point. I've made the joke. It's it'll, there. It'll be the first annual Shout It Out Loudcast archive. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, 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 have, we'll have like a greatest hits retired. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, you know, tired of finding the clip and moving it, especially since like the star part and the, and the uh, other part, uh, whatever the. YouTube part comments yeah. are always at the end of the episode. So yep. I got to drag the whole fucking clip all the way. Pain nope. in the ass. <laughs> yep. God love you, Jack, but your theme is going to get cut very short. So how do we post questions, feedback about the latest episode that were based on questions? Good point. Good point. Right. And then he's got a big headshot of Stuart. I don't know what the significance of it is, but he put a big headshot of him. I think people are cheering us on to get Stewart on here. Believe me, I, I, he's he's look who, who who with all due respect to whoever said it. I, I you just read it. It's Eddie Trunk's not coming on this show. He's just it's not. Gonna, okay, so what is going to happen? Let me play it out for you. I can't believe you say that about that. That's so hypocritical. It's not. That's how I feel. I think it is. It's not. Six one six one seven. <laughs> See, it's not going to go anywhere. He's going to say his point. I'm going to say my point. And if anything, it's going to get to the point where I'm going to get fucking annoyed and say something probably rude. Uh, and I don't want to do that. I just get uh, uh, hypocrisy of a lot of his criticism. He has a right to be critical about certain things, but I only give a shit when he says it about my favorite band and doesn't say it about other bands. So, yeah. Yeah. And he's the kind of guy too. He would, he would, he would, he would start to flex and be like, you know, I'm fucking Eddie Trunk. You know, I I I met I met the bass player for Bang Tango. Don't give me shit about that band. You know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'll be like, all right, settle down. Yeah, and it'll get to the point where we get so mad, I'll fucking take off his mandals and beat him with it. Um, <laughs> take a shit in his cargo shorts. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. 
with Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. (laughs) Tony Smith. Hey, look, it's Zeus delivering those missing ballots. Oh, geez. Oh, the picture of Newman. Yep. Yeah. 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 In the fucking mailman and all that stuff. Yep. Yeah. Tony, how'd that election go for you? Oh, sorry, buddy. There we go. <laughs> Graham Richley. Thanks for such a thorough answer to my question, guys, on if the podcast takes a lot of your time. Based on your 10 minute long answer and factoring Zeus's editing time, I reckon that is 30 minutes of your life you'll never get back. And in the other 10 minutes, we won't get back because we just answered it again. But seriously, it sounds as though it has become a big fact in your lives and a fun one. And that together, you are a formidable team. I'm sure there are many of us there. Are glad you make the effort to keep us entertained. As Zeus would say, I tip my hat to you. Long may continue. I say that? I guess so. <laughs> I say a lot of stupid, repetitive things. Yeah, I don't remember saying I tip my hat to you. Well, maybe you should start tipping your hat. I don't know. I don't say, I would, if it was me, I'd probably say tip my dick to you. Why would you could do that too? Hat. Well, that being said, thank you, Graham, for that. We appreciate that. Yes. So that's it for Facebook comments. Let's skip on over to YouTube. See, not adding the clip, not doing it, <laughs> not going to do it. It wouldn't be prudent at this. At this- Juncture. Juncture. What's the other one he does? Gonna get one of these hand sanitizers over to my friend Gorby. <laughs> Gorby. What? Our good friend Joey. <laughs> <laughs> we would always do this is another stupid gag of ours. We would do George Bush <laughs> mispronunciation talking. of people's names. Right. We're gonna get that uh Boston Red Sox shortstop, uh Nomar. Gassi Opera. 
Why is that funny? People are like, what the fuck is going on here right now? But I love it. Going to replace him with the other guy from the Yankees, Derek Jeter. (laughs) (laughs) George Herbert Walker Bush fucking mispronouncing names. I don't know why we would do that. I don't know, but it's funny. One of the, oh, anyways, one of the, one of the greatest impersonations ever, Dana Carvey. Oh. Yep, um, Marty White. I heard now that Trump lost. He's hiring the Scooby Doo team to find missing ballots. <laughs> Remember, the team now includes Eric and Tom. Eric fell asleep on the job, so Tommy was promoted to lead investigator, and finally feels like he has a job where a lot of people respect him. Wow. Oh, okay. Marty, Marty, Marty. He takes, I got to give him credit. He takes a lot of time putting those together. So, yeah. God him. bless him. Yep. Uh, Craig Broderick, I pissed myself laughing for two hours. Now, here's the thing, Craig. When people tell us that, I love hearing it. Be specific, guys. What specific thing made you laugh? What did you like? What did you think it was so funny? Those things go a long way. Uh, and we really appreciate it. Thanks for the feedback, man. That's awesome. That is awesome. That, that's great. Yep. So that's the feedback on the episode. And um, what do we usually do from here, Tom? We talk about Kiss World and what's going on in Kiss World. And uh, as usual, not much. However, this week uh, we're recording on Wednesday, um, November 11th, Veterans Day. Any veterans out there listening to us? Uh, God bless you and thank you for your service. Absolutely. Uh, so this week, two anniversaries for uh, two very big albums, both in different ways. Uh, the iconic Rock and Roll Over, released in 1976. Uh, pretty much everybody loves that. Uh, a large contingent of the Kiss Army puts that at number one for them. And then it may be the most polarizing album in the entire catalog. Came out Coming out in uh, 1981 was Music from the Elder. Wow. I'll tell you, when we posted the anniversary post for that, People were just, I'm telling you, that's why I can't wait to do that album review. That 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 is going to be unbelievable because the more polarizing the album, the more hysterical people get because they want to defend it so much or they want to hate it so much. It's so, so much passion. What's the most polarized album we've reviewed so far? Unmasked. What's our number one ranked album uh, episode on an album we've done? Unmasked. And is it close? Nope. That's unbelievable. <laughs> I, I know because Unmasked people. Unmasked is our number one downloaded at album episode. It's actually our number two episode behind oh, Carrie Stevens. Yep. We've done 10 album reviews, and by far the most popular album review episode is Unmasked. And that's got to be, I'm thinking it's because of that. People want it, pe- people like the polarization, that discussion, the love hate, you know? Yep. The crowd uh, it, seems to love it. Exactly. Oh, and then another uh, big day this week was our buddy Jericho celebrated the big 5-0. So, uh, Jericho, uh, we know you're listening, or you better. And uh, happy 50th, my friend, and uh, thank you for all you do, and uh, we'll have you on here again shortly. We know that. Yeah, uh, he looks great for 50, huh? Holy shit, he looks great for any age. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he just he's just a uh, uh, class act good guy and a badass and a yep. dear friend of the show. So thank you, Chris, for all that you do. Happy 50th birthday. Then because it's now like 
even if we didn't, so we're not like we're not searching for pandemic Paul stuff. We don't like okay, let's make it up. Let's come up with something like like he does it on his own. He is becoming like a parody account. Like, like, I mean, I know we say this every week and I know people like, oh, great. Here we go. The guys are shitting on Paul again. Look, we're, we're a kiss podcast. We're going to tell you what's going on. He's the only one who's involved, who's active on social media and the stuff he's saying, God bless you. If you love it, that's your right. And then we also have the right to tell you how fucking ridiculous and annoying it is. But go ahead, Zeus. He obviously talked about the election saying, you know, we obviously know that he was a Biden fan. He was happy about that. Yep. And then he wrote a late but heartfelt, heartfelt, happy birthday, Tommy. 18 years in KISS says a whole lot. But let me say, on top of that, you're a gentleman and a good man, which this world always needs more of. Your pal, Paul, he just got to work on his grammar. You don't end your sentence with of, but that's okay. Um, that's kind of nice. That's actually, that's, that's actually honestly pretty surprising and kudos to Paul because he could have just said happy birthday, Tommy, but (laughs) happy birthday spaceman. Right. But he said, you know, you're a gentleman, a good man. This world needs more of like, that's that, 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 that's, that probably took a lot for him. Although, although like, like, although like we say. Although, like we say, sometimes Paul won't say anything unless he really passionately feels it. So, but sometimes he says things for a purpose other than what they really what it seems like. I don't like, think he would do like, that. The more Tommy. I say that about Tommy, it's more of the it's more what I'm what I don't say about the other guitarists. Oh, that yeah, I'll, maybe perhaps I, you look at it like that. You're a gentleman. Doesn't call anybody else that, right? So, anyways, then he gave a heartful, of course, an R.I.P. to um, Alex Trebek. Oh yeah, rest in peace. Uh, yep. By the way, that Alex Trebek uh, Instagram photo I put of him and Gene Simmons in makeup, I think is our most liked Instagram photo we've ever had, Tom. Just yeah, so we sh- yeah we shared that on Twitter and Facebook too. Very popular. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, class act all the way. And then, <laughs> Pandemic Paul has now recruited Pandemic Paul Junior. Twenty sixth mile ride, son, with my son Evan. Stop for gelato. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> He's such a pompous fuck. <laughs> Just to talk. If you're if you're busy looking for stability and security, or trying to find value during times like these, don't look too far, or you might miss that it's probably right in front of you, dude. If I told the guys on our text group, guys, I'm gonna go take a bike ride and get some Starbucks and gelato. I'll be right back. Dude, that is something. You tell that, me, don't come back. That's what I'm telling you right there. That is a parody account. You're a look, and I know. Look, sorry. Welcome to Shout It Out Loudcast. We don't eat gelato or go to Starbucks. And if you do, that's wonderful. But this is so, so. I can't. I'm, I'm in a loss for words. Just <laughs> like, dude, you're such a pandering, pompous condescending fool but you know what it reminds me of tom i remember when vh1 classic or vh1 used to be cool yeah they used to put a lot of like the hard rock metal stuff yeah they had fun shows you would watch yeah they had a countdown of like the least metal moments of all time this is one of them 
yeah, and Vince Neil, I think, was number one doing the chicken dance. Bah, 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 oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. I think that was number one. Yep. And I think the Osbournes was number two. Yep. Pandemic Paul during the pandemic would be a top five. Paul Stanley from Kiss is tweeting about going on bike rides and picking up gelato <laughs> and Starbucks. Like he, like, like he, like th- there are certain things that are like, everybody knows out there, whether you like to admit it or not, that certain products and certain things have image based, you know, connotations to them. And when you're telling people that you're going for gelato and Starbucks, and then you go home and you're posting pictures of you and your art, you're pretty much telling everybody that you are a fully erect Peter North. <laughs> you're, you're, you're just a dick. And I know that people out there are listening to us going right now. I like Starbucks. I like gelato. You, that's great. But I guarantee that you're probably not a dick like he is right now. And this is, you're not an, posting it. Exactly. Get validation from people and say, look at me. Yep. I just got gelato in Starbucks. Meanwhile, over, over in New Jersey, Ace just shit his pants after eating after eating a fillet of fish and two bottles of Jack Daniel. Oh fuck! I got the runs again. Meanwhile, fucking Jeans eating a fucking ice cream sandwich and drinking fucking you know fucking K cups from the Christmas tree shop probably, and he doesn't give a fuck. And eating three McGriddles breakfast sandwiches. <laughs> Jeez. And gelato. Yeah, isn't that that co-host to shout it out loud cast? Gelati? What's his name? That fucking guy? Me- meanwhile, the Ripper is holding up Love Gun album and plowing through four burritos. Dude. Can you imagine the Ripper after eating gelato and drinking Starbucks? It was a photo. There was a photo. I think was it yesterday? That was just come on. She's definitely trolling us, guys. Oh yeah, She's trolling us, dude. Nobody lifts their leg while holding a record. <laughs> <laughs> or, or leans up against the wall and lifts one side of her ass cheek up. <laughs> Like, like, like Newman said, it's the wood that makes it good. <laughs> Waiting for that ricochet echo. <laughs> it's just, and how people are taking her photos and posting them on our shout it out loudcasters group and just like leaving them for comments. And underneath everyone's putting fart underneath. <laughs> And then, and then what's even worse, and, and this is terrible, and I'm waiting for somebody to come after us. Then you see the pictures on like n- normal, non stupid groups, and people like, oh man, she's so hot. Oh, I, I love these. I love these records. Like, oh man, I'd love to meet her. Meanwhile, you go on our page, and people are like, <laughs> oh, God, what is wrong with us? Not that oh, we're proud man. of that. We're just telling you that's what happens. We can't yeah. help it. The maturity level on this show is off the charts. Yeah. 6174. <laughs> yeah, we're not drinking Starbucks or gelato. <laughs> gelato. Oh, but wait, man. But, wait, but then today, another look at me. I'm Paul Stanley, the artistic genius. Renaissance man. Yep. You want to read it? 
No, it's all you. I'm sitting here listening to Jimi Hendrix doing all along the watchtower. Pure genius. Every time I hear it, I'm just blown away. I was lucky enough to see him twice early on. Here's a photo from a show I was at. Hunter College, March 2nd, 1968. Great. Awesome. Where's the, where's the, where's the picture of you when you saw fucking kicks? Where, where, where's that picture? Was he hanging out with BC and BB? <laughs> Which one of mo- those two got, almost got kicked in the head when Paul Stanley was on the zip line? <laughs> oh, I think that was, uh, oh shit, who was that? It was oh, like BC and BB when he was doing Love Gun. He said, we asked him, what's your favorite kiss moment or memory? He's like, when Paul Stanley almost kicked me in the head. When he the <laughs> Dude, settle down. First of all, you're not sitting down listening to Jimi Hendrix. No one's doing that. Oh. <sighs> Just enough. We get it. You're a genius. You're an artistic. You're, now, you're go a fucking write like rock and roll over two or something. Go do some kiss music. He's, oh. just, he's, he's just not interested. Oh. Anyway. He's, He's just not interested. Yeah. Well, that's Kiss News. And so usually what we do is we uh, we read the uh, the ad for somebody to go fuck themselves. Yeah. AdamandEve.com or AdamEve.com. Uh, use that promo code LOUDCAST at checkout. And uh, Adam and Eve throw on a ton of great stuff, including free shipping, free gifts for you, free gifts for your partner, uh, an extra gift that the, both of you can enjoy. You get those spicy movies uh, and the deals are pretty amazing. So you go to adameve.com, buy a couple things, put them in your shopping cart. When you get to that section that asks for the, the coupon code, promo code, you enter in loudcast and boom, all this beautiful Adam and Eve magic happens right there and you get it all. So check them out. Adameve.com promo code loudcast. You will not be disappointed. You may not end up being Peter North, but you will not be disappointed. All right, Tom. So then last week I got to pick who who can go fuck themselves with the toy from AdamEve.com. Who do you have this week? Oh, boy. You put me on the spot here. Uh, Why don't you tell us who you'd like to see? Maybe tell us maybe one of your favorite porn stars that you haven't named recently. You'd like to see them go fuck themselves. Hmm. Hopefully it's not a guy. I don't know. You know, we got some feedback. We got some other porn star feedback from our buddy Rick picked out chasey lane from the 90s Ooh, that's a good one let's go with her this let's go with let's go with her this week perfect all right so she can go fuck herself with a toy from adamy.com and you can probably find that on pornhub too so good luck (laughs) (laughs) what are we doing this what are we doing this week buddy it's me clapping we're on to our uh topic episode subject matter of the day and that is we're our on to our second in the series of kiss tours uh early in the year we did the spirit of 76 and we did that tour basically on fourth of july weekend makes sense right yep let's talk about the spirit of 76 tour not the destroyer tour spirit of 76 is kind of within the destroyer tour right so now we decided to do a tour another tour episode and it it matched up it was almost like it was destined reason being that it's actually the was the anniversary a couple days ago of eric carr's last show the last show of madison square gardens on the tour 
was Eric's last time playing live. A couple of people mentioned that, and a lot of people were talking about that. In addition, coincidentally, Bruce put out a fucking awesome video talking about specifically the Hot in the Shade tour. So it's like, it's almost like everyone read our mind that this is what we want to do and this is why we want to do it. So we picked the Hot in the Shade tour. For another reason we picked it, it's also your first time seeing them. You saw that tour. And if you've been listening to our show, you know Tom has talked about it, that he's that Hot in the Shade tour was his first time seeing Kiss Live and what a difference it was and how great that tour was. So that's one of the reasons we picked this one out. I think it's a little sentimental to at least one of us. That's Tom, because he saw the actual tour. I did not. And I think this is a great topic. Uh, and it's a great tour to describe. So when I think of the Hot in the Shade tour, Tom, you know, I wasn't part of that back then. We were about to head into college. It was our senior year, I think, in high school. Uh, going the, into our senior year in high yep, school, yep, really? Yep. yep or junior going in, year? Yep. Go, it, was, it was the summer. It was the summer at, right at junior year had just ended when I saw them. Yeah. And so, um, I, you know, I barely was going to tours, concerts back then. I did love the music. I did have the CD. I loved it. I just never, I just never went. So the Hot in the Shade tour, I remember seeing the the Sphinx kind of going on, and I and and that's really it. I I kind of remember them hearing about them doing older songs. Don't really have an affinity for it. Don't really remember it that well. So I'll turn this over to you. Can you tell us your first thoughts and instincts when you hear the Hot in Shade tour? Yeah. So. I mean, personally speaking, you know, it, it has a big effect on me. It was the first time I saw Kiss. I, I was at the, the June 29th, 1990 show at, in Mansfield, Massachusetts. Back then, it was called the Great Woods Center. Uh, it's what you would con- consider a shed, you know, outdoor venue. And we had Kiss, and they were – and we'll, we'll get into the specifics of, of you know, the, of the tour. But just generally speaking, I had Little Caesar and Slaughter open up for Kiss on my, on my tour. Um, and at the time, I, the friend that I went with, uh, huge Kiss fans, but we were also huge Slaughter fans. And uh, Slaughter was huge at that time. So we were just super excited for that. But aside from my personal affinity to this tour, when I think of Hot in the Shade, especially being a, an older Kiss fan now, when I think of this tour, I think of it as the tour where Kiss were kind of back. They had just a, an amazing, an amazing stage show. The set list, like it, it's just, it's when you hear a lot of people saying "Kiss is back," and I think for that reason, obviously, we love the album. We're not going to talk about the album. You can check out that previous episode where we review "Hot in the Shade," but this is just a fantastic tour. A lot of people have great memories of it, and uh, I think it's just, a, it's a, it's going to be a great one to talk about in the sequence of Kiss tours that we discuss. Yeah, the other great thing you reminded me. Slaughter was big then. I remember I was in fucking high school then. Yeah. I remember being shit faced off my mind in my old Cutlass Supreme yep. flying up to the farm. You know, the farm was in Arlington. Absolutely. It was there often. Yeah. Drinking up there, had a bunch of shit bags in me with me in the car yep. and almost and blasting that song and almost running over like 50 people <laughs> trying to fly up there. I believe it. And with that song blasting and yep. shit face out of my mind. Yeah, back then we were all stupid and drinking and, and uh, getting behind the wheel. Thankfully, nobody was hurt, and I learned my lesson a long time ago. Oh, yeah. uh, but that song reminds me 
specifically up all night that tour. And that's when slaughter was huge back then. Yep. So that's, uh, that's, yeah, that's our memories of the tour. Our first acknowledgement of it basically. And uh, let's, let's just get some quick facts of the tour. So it's obviously hot in the shade came out after the hot in the shade album. Yep. The tour, like all these tours, they always come out and start with like, this is the real date. This was the uh, starting date. Uh, this was the you know pre-show date. And it's always kind of funny because it's always a little bit different. So Hot in the Shade kind of started unofficially March 11th, 1990. But the main arena tour didn't start till May 4th, 1990. And a lot of that had to do with they just finished the Crazy Nights tour. It wasn't very successful. And when they were coming up with ideas for doing the next tour, they're like, well, we want to do arenas and think that they're like, you're probably not big enough for it. So they kind of hesitated to see how their album will do and their singles would do. Hide Your Heart was still an MTV thing, but it wasn't a radio hit. Forever blew up and became a top 10 hit for Kiss. The first one since Beth. Yep. Second highest charting song for them. With that, tour promoters and everything got on board with them. Plus, they got like Faster Pussycat, Slaughter, Winger, bands that were hot at the time. And it became a big arena tour. And a lot of things changed about this tour. But that was the big thing that they started off waiting till the single became a big hit. And then they booked like the big arena tour going through. And the other main aspect of the tour that sticks out more than anything is it's a return to some of the old classics of kiss. They brought out songs they hadn't played in years. So leading up to hot in the shade, especially the, if you look at the crazy night set list, Basically, since Kiss tried to come back from Creatures of the Night and lick it up and animalize, they started playing more 80s stuff, sprinkled in with five or six songs of the older stuff. Now it was reversed. They still had some of those mid-80s songs in there, but they brought back some of the classics. And we'll get into the, the set list a little bit later. Yep. At this point, the band was consistent. They had a consistent lineup for a few years. Finally, Paul, Gene, Eric Carr, Bruce Kulick. So the tour, the albums, there was some continuity there. And it, and it kind of showed on this tour. They had a little bit more confidence, knew what they were doing. So that was another big aspect of this tour. The other part to it was the amount of songs. The amount of songs they did, they were playing like usually up to 22 to 23 songs. So much that they cut out solos, which thank God, I wish I was part of that. So that was another big aspect of this tour. Those are some general thoughts. Tom, do you have any general thoughts you want to bring in? No, I, I mean you, you hit on some key points and we're going to get, we're going to break down some of those things a, a, a little bit more about, you know, the changes that they made to kind of, reinvigorate themselves um whether it's the set list whether it's what they used for a stage presence 
you know, even some of the videos, you know, and I know it's not tour related, but, you know, you talk about like that rise to it video, you know, they had their, they put their makeup on, they had that little skit, you know, it, it was a return to their roots. And that's what I think fans wanted, because like you said, a lot of those, those crazy nights tours, those were kind of duds, diehards were going there. Um, and even like you, you mentioned it before, they, they hesitated on really kicking this tour off until forever blew up. And that gave them the ability to play sheds and play places like where I saw them at great woods, you know, an outdoor amphitheater. And I think that was, this was the turning point where, you know, in hindsight at the time, no one knew it, but in hindsight, you probably could see the wheels starting to turn about, you know what, maybe we'll start to talk about going back to our roots. You know, you talked about the, the set list, you know, 22 songs, 13 of them were seventies tracks. You know, they never did that during those 80s tours. You know, they had 15 to 18 songs and the majority of them were from that album. You know, another thing, getting back to the original question about what do you think of when you with this tour, people talk about the set list. They talk about it. It may be one of the greatest set lists ever. That's up for debate. However, the set list is fantastic. So, you know, those are some general overviews. And then, you know, we want to like we do with everything else. uh, We want to break things down here, you know? Yeah. Yep. 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 So. It was basically they played 123 shows, five of them were canceled. Starts May 4th, ends November 9th, 1990. Yep. Two legs of the tour. They all they didn't leave the country other than Canada for a few shows. So right. no European, Australian, no, no tour like that. And and this is, I would say, probably the height of KISS during the what's deemed the hair metal age. Oh, yeah. It wasn't gonna get bigger than 89 to 1990. That was the height of it. And you could tell from the opening acts, but those opening acts were hot back then. Very hot. Well, so, that was a, that's another thing, too, is that Kiss were smart. <laughs> and we talk about, you know, we, we may, I don't know if we brought this up on our show, but we've talked about it with some of our other friends about Kiss's decisions or lack thereof to bring opening acts on with them. And at the time kiss was obviously kiss but they they probably needed a little bit of a little bit of a push for some of those up and coming bands and if you and if you think about it the main the, the main opening acts on this tour were slaughter and faster pussycat they did a little bit with like i said they had danger danger they had they did a huge section with winger um they had vixen oh. on they had vixen oh, on for a, for a few hope they were but, i hope somebody was Banging Janet Gardner in her prime back then. Oh, but you think about that. You think about that. You 1990. Okay. Hair, hair metal was still, still big. Okay. Kind of right at the peak. Maybe you had kiss, but then you had bands like slaughter winger, faster pussycat. Like those bands were huge at the time. And, and, and putting a tour like that together, catapulted kiss in, in, in catapulted this tour and it lifted them up. And I think that's, I mean, I'll tell you right now, when me and my buddy got tickets for this, we didn't know who Little Caesar was. Uh, we, Like I said, we knew who Slaughter was. And holy shit, Slaughter was was great. I mean, Slaughter only played six songs. The set list was fucking amazing. Slaughter played Mad About You, Burning Bridges, Eye to Eye, Fly to the Angels, Up All Night, and Loaded Gun. I mean, that right there is like, that's amazing. And then you get 22 songs from Kiss. Well, actually, my show had 21. Um, so, I mean, what a tour talk about getting your money's worth. It was just amazing. Oh, I'm still thinking of Vixen. (laughs) You're not thinking of Kip winger. 
No. I'm not thinking of Kip Winger. Fucking Winger. Okay, oh, you will do it. Be. Oh, I don't want to be. <laughs> wink, wink. Yep. But anyway, um, so yeah, those were the touring. Actually, in those pre-tour shows, they also had downtown Br- Soraya. Remember them? I do. The yes. Good rats. The- yep. Joe Lynn Turner, the yeah. red and black. Oh. Shake City. Never heard of them. Nope. They had. <laughs> this is a great part. They had the one show with in Toronto, June 15, 1990, co-headlined. Yes. With White Snake. And, and Paul and I guess David Coverdale. This is great. Got, <laughs> exchanged barbs on stage because White Snake wasn't letting Kiss do all their pyro shit. And Kiss was not happy about it. So <laughs> After Kiss finished the set, White Snake came on. The crowd left in droves. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out. Now, 1990, obviously, White Snake was huge. Why were they co-headlining? And it was just that one show in, in Canada. And it was Slaughter, Faster, Pussycat, Kiss, and White Snake. Dude, my head would explode if I went to that show today. I can't believe oh, yeah. what, a, what a show that was. Yeah. But that's weird that Kiss was kind of allowing them to co-headline on their nationwide tour. I, I don't know what the story is too much about that. Right, right. You would probably would have a hard time picking out Vixen from Whitesnake at that point. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Right. right. Yep. So, yeah, that was uh, the other people on that. So that's the uh, opening acts. Yep. All right. Now, let's get into the costumes. Okay. There are no costumes. Right. This is now Kiss getting down to basically trying to get street level, not to the extent of revenge, leather and stuff again. But back to the basics. This is when bands started transforming their look and getting into an image where less makeup, less glam, people breaking down their their uh, glam looks. So you start seeing Guns N' Roses, the faster pussycat, the sleaze stuff kind of coming in. And then Bon Jovi's doing a little bit of that country look with jeans and stuff. And those bands started coming in. Cinderella's dressing it down. Other bands are starting to dress it down. Let's make it. Even Poison yep. started to wear jeans instead of like hairspray, makeup, and stuff. Everybody's changing their image. So overall, they dressed, you know, kind of, um, I don't know, artsy a little bit, down to earth. Didn't, wasn't this like, you know, like they would have, Paul would have bandanas. It's just a different look for the band. Yeah, you could you can see, you know, people who've seen pictures, um, you know, or video clips. I mean, on Kissology 2, there's an entire Hot in the Shade show from, uh, I think it's the Palace at Auburn Hill. There's an entire show there. But you could see that this was the beginning of them transitioning away from that heavy glam look. It, it, it's kind of the, the intermediate between that and Revenge, because they start with the leather, Gene has a little bit of the studs with the leather. Bruce has a a little bit of some colors, some, some bright colors, but clearly nothing like the, the flamboyant eighties stuff. So they started to shed that and get into, cause 1990 was like you said, it was stripped down. It was jeans. It was leather. It was t-shirts. It was, it was, you know, the the, the long hair, the earrings, sneakers, no makeup. Right. 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 Different kind of a look then. Yep. And you could see they were, they were on their way to that revenge look. 
um, which which helped. But there was still, you know, 1990 is still a little bit of 80s tinge to it. And you could see some of that still. Yeah, it's a dated look. But yeah. It's not an embarrassing look. Correct. So, you know, that's that's how I see it. You can tell when that error is. Yep. You can tell it's after the asylum era, but before the grunge era hit. The one thing I don't like, and I think I saw a clip. I'm not sure if it was at Kissology concert or it might have been some of the clips from Bruce's terrific video he put out. It's right. Fucking Gene looks great, but then he's wearing like these white high top, like wrestling shoes. Like, dude, what are you doing? They they look like those Reeboks they used to sell at the Meadow Glen Mall that everybody wore. Horrible, dude. What are you doing? Orthopedic. Oh, they're just brutal. Brutal. I'm like, dude, you're Gene Simmons. You look awesome. And then I look at your feet and it's like when you see like an old man in your neighborhood wearing like Velcro New Balance. Like, what are you doing? Is that when Elaine shows Jerry? Her wrestling shoes, you stomp around like a Clydesdale. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah, those are pretty bad looking. It looks like Gene Gene is in the someone's uncle in the rehabilitation hospital learning how to walk again after he broke his hip. Or it looks like he's down down at friggin' Del Boca Vista playing shuffleboard. <laughs> it is pretty bad. So Paul, I will say Paul looked awesome. Like I think Paul's like Paul's hair. Um, he had like, he wore a lot of like sleeveless stuff, you know, he had like the earrings, but he looked like his hair was kind of ragged looking. It wasn't like done up and blown, blown up. Paul looked, Paul looked Paul was very confident then. And he he, oh, absolutely. He looked yes. good for his, at the time he, yep. he, he commanded the stage. He looked like he had a presence about him and he his had voice. Confidence. I don't think his voice would ever be topped. I was just going to say his voice was, might've been at its absolute peak. Yeah. So I thought he looked, and Bruce looked fine too. Oh yeah. Um, and so did Eric. I don't think Eric was wearing his like leopard prints anymore. I'm not sure about them, but. Well, it's tough to, it, you know, poor Eric, he was so small and he sat behind that drum kit, which was absolutely massive. <laughs> yeah. All you could, all you could see was like the top of his head when he played. This God bless him. Fucking hairball in the back yep. there. <laughs> yep. Pounding yep. away back there. Yep. Yeah. It, it was, it was, that's, that's, um that's a, that's a pretty definitive image nothing fantastic but nothing truly embarrassing right just That's a rock describe just, a, the, the just a rock a rock band a rock band yeah, on stage era. you know yeah they look like a rock band of that era all right so that's us kind of covering the costumes you know appearance whatever outfits and now let's talk about that absolutely iconic amazing stage set with leon the sphinx Okay, so you saw it. So why don't you describe it first? Because your first time seeing this massive, and what did you think? Okay, so I'm 17 years old. Actually, I hadn't even officially, it was one month before my 17th birthday. Ooh. Uh, this is my second concert. So we get there, and we, at the time, you don't know anything. You don't know. You, there's no, there's no set list.fm to find <laughs> out what, you know, like you, you just go and you just, Okay, we're here. There was no you wanted the best, you got the best. It's pitch black. The lasers start shooting out. You see Leon lit up. The band comes out of the mouth of Leon. And it's kind of weird now knowing what you do about how they're they're bombastic openings, whether it's Deuce or Detroit Rock City. The band just kind of comes onto the stage. And then all of a sudden, they just blow the doors off with I stole your love. Now we're going to, we'll talk about the set list. 
but f- but for me, like 16, 17 year old Kiss fan, my second concert, I'm like, I'm a kid seeing that Leon thing w- with the lasers and having them come out onto the stage that way. I mean, it was just fucking mind blowing. And I, re- I remember it, it just remember it to this day. Like I just saw it. It was just one of those memorable, just burn in your brain images. Awesome. So when I see that and then I look back to those 80s concerts, tours, I think the last one that sticks out as far as other than the big giant kiss sign is the Creatures of the Night with the drum, with the, the, tank. Uh, with the tank. Yeah. All of a sudden they come back with Leon now. That in and of itself probably compared to people that saw them Crazy Nights tour, people must be like, what the fuck? Wow. And then they kits, hit some with the opening songs. And we'll get into the set list. You're right. Yep. But I think that Sphinx thing is something unique, something different. And then the lasers, as good as Kisses in, in the makeup, obviously they can't. It's not the same show, non-makeup. Right. But non-makeup, I'm not sure you're seeing anything better. And the, the manager at the time, Larry Mazer, he said it was it was his idea. And uh, he, he said, this is a, in an article with, with uh, Ultimate Classic Rock. He said he wanted to do things different, something that's uh, predictable. Um, he, he said that every tour from day one had the kiss sign. And he said, let's not do that. Let's do the Sphinx because, you know, you had it, it was on the cover of Hot in the Shade. Uh, his mouth would open. Lasers would come out. It was just a centerpiece. Um, and, and at the, you know, not, not just the Leon, but the other thing, and I'll talk about this because I was there too. The other thing that made people just lose their mind was that at the end of the show, during the encore, Leon would kind of almost explode. And then that iconic kiss sign yeah. would rise up behind Eric Carr. And it was just, you, you just, you couldn't handle like the sensory overload. And he even says the, the manager, Larry Mazer said the reveal at the end blew people's mind. He said, people went ape shit. I have been very proud of a lot of the tours I've been involved with in my career. This is number one. And if you go back and watch that on Kissology or YouTube, it's just amazing. And imagine that in 1990, seeing that because, because when you see the show, you're like, well, wait a minute, there's no friggin' kiss sign here. And you're like, okay, but Leon's cool, the lasers. And then at the end, they're like, oh, no, 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 the kiss sign's here. Wait for it. Yeah, so the lasers, the Leon, and the big kiss sign popping up. This is kiss when they're at their best. Yep. What can we do to do with the fans? What can we compare that to the end of the road? You, I, th- I think that stage sets creative with the pods and the graphics and stuff. The pods I, I, and the graphics fantastic we've seen it now though they still don't pull out anything i I don't know i i still feel like there should have been a little bit more um yeah i I think i think the the problem here is and i i brought this up to you before the problem now with shows and especially with kiss is that everything is so screen oriented like back in 1990 for the hot in the shade tour they, they didn't really do that it was it was it was practical props like it would leon was real was a real thing like it wasn't a screen with a picture of leon like that kiss sign that rose up behind eric Carr. that was a real kiss sign it wasn't a screen it's it's easy now for a lot of these bands to just do screens and and like we do the you know they do the pods and it's great 
mm-hmm. but you're but you're right. It it is you're looking at screens. You're not looking at like props. Like there's no tank. There's no Leon the Sphinx. There's so I see what you're saying a little bit. Yeah, there's no Eddie coming out like an Iron Maiden or something like that. Yep. Um, I know. Th- I remember Def Leppard recently when we seen them. They do a couple of videos, especially during Hysteria, the yep. song, and it's everything about the band and the history. And I love when the Kiss does that with Deuce and stuff. Oh yeah, on that and all the, the video, and you can see the, you know, the career highlights and stuff, and the, and the, um, the choreography of all the different members of the band doing the doing the Deuce dance. Yeah, you know? and, and and that is cool. But but the but have it, having the ability to use those screens and those graphics, like you know, we talk about with uh, with War Machine. You know, okay, it's great. You see the graphics of the, the skeletons and the skulls and all that stuff. But I, I think that's why some of these older shows, you know, you brought up Iron Maiden with Eddie or even like Metallica in the old days or those Megadeth shows, like having like that physical, actual, you know, for lack of a better word, prop on the stage. It, it's just, I think it's more engrossing. The, it, 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 it's more eye-catching. Yeah, the screens are great. It's easy to do and it gives you the freedom to do whatever you want. But for me, I'm like, eh, it's like I'm watching like a, like a movie or a TV show. As long as it's not as bad as that fucking horrible Ingve Malmsteen video that, that fucking Sonny <laughs> made us watch for Growing Up Rock, the, the podcast, was it 1985? I'll see the light tonight. Go see I See the Light video. Never mind the fucking guy that's, that's not Brutal. the real singer for the band. Who, what he looks like looks like fucking Hawk the Slayer from the it's, 1980s it's, HBO movie. <laughs> and then the fucking graphics where a it's, wizard shows up in the middle of the stage and Ingfei's like battling with his guitar. It's and, so and bad. He, and he flings his guitar around his neck more times and makes Cinderella jealous. It, it's just <laughs> horrible. Go watch that video and you'll see what I'm talking about. Yep. Um, anyways, so that's the set list. Uh, the, the, excuse me. The uh, set design. Yep. Let's get into the set list. Okay. Let's do it. So generally speaking, you know, if you go to, I, I checked all the songs because I, this is me because I'm OCD on setlistfm.com. Yep. Okay. And I look for any irregularity or anything like that. Okay. And, you know, what shows up. But generally speaking, this was the set list. Remember, we talked about 22 songs. They moved from like 75 minutes to two hours. Yep. So, you know, they, they cut out the solos for the most part. But their set list started out with I Stole Your Love. That's, un- that's unbelievable. What, what a one-two punch. Oh, Heavens on Fire. Crazy, Crazy Nights. Black Diamond shouted out loud. Strutter. Calling Dr. Love. I was made for loving you. Rise to it. Fits like a glove. Hide your heart. Lick it up. God of Thunder. Forever. Cold Gin. Tears are falling. I love it loud. Love gun. Detroit Rock City. Encore. I want you rock and roll all night. What a fucking set list. It's an it's an amazing set list and a, a, a couple observations on it. How many bands go on tour 
in support of an album and play two songs from the album. That's you. That's unheard of. You never hear of that. That never happens. When a band is on tour supporting a new album, they usually play four or five, give or take. But they played it, three. They played Rise, Rise to. Oh, I'm Rise sorry. Yep, I my mistake. Hard. Yep. Yeah, but but even still, another thing that's interesting too, and I'm not complaining about it because I saw the show. They opened up. It it took them ten songs to get to a song off the off the album they were to, they were supporting. The 10th song was the first song off of hot in the shade. Yeah. Like that's that. That's, a, that's amazing. It's amazing. And the set list is now here, here I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a minute. Cause we, we, lo- mm-hmm. we like to do this when we have discussions on set lists, we like to talk about this. So everyone's like, yeah, the set list is amazing and don't get me wrong. It is, but a huge, huge portion of this set list is what they're playing right now on the end of the road. Absolutely. I mean, so you know, with the exception not being played on end of the road, I'll, I'll go through it right now with you. And it's all the Technically, best ones. Crazy nights did get played. It did. Okay. Yep. Um, the only things that didn't get played were for a little bit. They played under the gun. Yes. That's one. Yep. Rise to it. That's two fits like a glove. That's three. Yep. Um, you're forgetting the opening. Oh, I stole your well, love. I stole your love. Yeah, right off the top. I want you. Yep. And you know they played betrayed twice. I think on this tour before the concert tour started, and they were in the like kind of pre-tour stuff. Yep. They actually played in on April 25th in oh. Reseda, California. Okay. They played Little Caesar, the only time ever. Wow. Eric Carr played Little Caesar. And then, you know, they had Come On and Love Me paid a couple times, and they even played Hell or High Water. That's insane. That's insane. Now, in that Ultimate Classic Rock uh, article with the, with the, with the, um, the manager, Larry Mazur, uh, he said he convinced Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons to add one of their most divisive songs, I Was Made for Loving You. He said, I told Paul and Gene, it's been out of the set for many years. Even though it's considered a misstep in your career, sometimes when time passes, something that was uncool becomes cool over time. We put together a great light show and a lot of pyro, and it became a showstopper. He's right. Then this was interesting. Not every old song was welcomed back so easily. He said, Christine 16 bombed. I mean, no one cared. It didn't go over. He said both bands and fans were happy to hear old songs like Strutter and Calling Dr. Love. The fun part was that this is interesting. Bruce Kulick says the fun part was that I did not have to place the ace leads note for note. I did as I always do. I make sure that all signature riffs are done properly. So that was interesting. But yeah, so the manager was involved in the set list. You got to wonder if that happens today. Is Doc no McGee? No way. Exactly. No way. But I so like, I, but I, like how, I, li- I like how he said... Yeah, let's play I Was Made for Loving You. You know, let's let's see what that looks like. And I remember that was a huge, huge, the, the, the fans like went, love that. So they played that June 20th. I looked at FM set list, okay? Yep, yep. I looked at every fucking set list on this tour. Yep. That's the Provix, uh, Providence Civic Center, June 20th. Okay, okay. They brought it back. Okay. So remember now, they didn't, they technically started the tour 
a lot earlier than that. They did. And, you know, if they're not bringing it to the 20th, prior to that, they were doing Under the Gun, which yep. in and of itself is amazing because Under the Gun wasn't a hit. They didn't play, they didn't play um, Turn on the Night. They didn't play Reason to Live. They didn't play other songs that had videos. They brought in Under the Gun. Didn't have a video on that album. They just brought that out. Right. I think it's the a- dirty line in that movie has made it like cool. That's it. The oh, yeah. Gonna, you know, yeah. to be something like they were like kind of being rebellious or something. But, you know, that for that to be in the set list, Hell or High Water, there's three videos for Crazy Nights. And that's the song they brought out. No, you mentioned Christine 16. I didn't see it anywhere on any of these set lists. It's not. So I'm wondering if maybe it was one of the things where he maybe in crazy nights it did. We, I haven't reviewed that. So maybe, yeah, maybe, but yeah, cause, cause the manager, yeah, the manager says like it didn't go over. So I don't know if maybe they didn't just add it to on, on the Wikipedia page here, but yeah, he said how it was just a dud and it was interesting too. Cause it was another source that I read um, where the reason betrayed was taken out. This is interesting because when we did our, our real kiss alive, I actually added betrayed on my set list. And I was like, yeah, maybe it'll go over live. Well, it's, it, it's ironic that um, apparently they, they, they started with betrayed at the very beginning of this and it was a complete dud. So they took it out of the set list. That's why it was only played twice. I counted about 17 songs from this set list are on the final end of the road tour. Which is why it's again, I'm playing devil's advocate, which is why, yeah, it's a great set list, but you know, I, I think people get excited when you see I Stole Your Love, you see Fits Like a Glove, you see Rise to It, you Hide see Your Heart. Forever. Right. Yep. Right? Yep. I'm sorry, but people want to hear those these songs. They're different. You don't need a hundred thousand years. There's so many classics on Kiss Original. You're not even playing Strutter. The one oh god, don't even get me going with that. You're right. But the one every time I look at the set list, the one song that sticks out in, in, for me in a positive way, because it's an unbelievable deep cut. It wasn't a hit, it wasn't a video, it was nothing. Was fits like a glove. That was like, a big thing from Lick It Up on I know Animize Live fucking. And I think I, I was just gonna say that I think you hit the nail on the head. I think Animalize Live took that off and they and that's when they said, Hey, let's 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 throw this into the set list. I love it, but, but I think it stayed in the set list from Lick It Up all the way through. I don't think they took it out back then. Okay, but l- even if that's even if that you're probably right, but I think it's interesting because that's something Kiss would never do today. They would never take a true deep cut and throw it in a set list like that. But you're right; if it, it probably just stayed in from Animalized Live. Well, I think they're doing it with Say Yeah, technically. <sighs> yeah, but yeah, that's maybe. Oh, that's how I would perceive it. Um, maybe. Maybe. So looking at this set list, 22 songs. And for some reason, I only had 21. When I went to, when I saw them in Mansfield, they only played 21. Yeah, yeah they varied. I saw some that they played 23. Yeah. Let's go through some of the, the uh, concert tour and bring up some memorable stuff. We'll start chronological if okay. anything stood out. So okay. like I said, like the pre-tours, March 11th, 1990, Galveston, Texas. Wasn't a real big show for the tour, but... The real official tour started off in May 4th, 1990 in Lubbock, Texas, Lubbock Municipal Coliseum. Um, They stayed in the United States for a while, mostly in the South, Texas, Oklahoma, Nebraska. I come up to the first one I kind of I want to make mention is even April 14th, 1990. I Stole Your Love, first time that played since 1978. 
Wow. Actually, March 11th, prior to that, I should have mentioned the premiere of Forever. Yep. But on that April 14th show, Tom, Rise to It, Betrayed, and Hide Your Heart also. First time those came out. Yep. And Come On and Love Me was played first time since 76. Why would they take that out? But, like, it's just random that all of a sudden this it got thrown back in. Right. Right? Yeah. So, um, April 25th. Little Caesar, first and only time we talked about that already. God of Thunder, first time since '83, and they played Hell or High Water. Then that up. that is talk about a deep cut. That is insane. Feel free to jump in if you see it. Uh, anything, and I skipped over one of these dates. Okay. The next one I'm going to say is May 12th, Boner Springs. Just to be immature. <laughs> Where do you live? Boner Springs. Boner Springs. That's that's a great porn name. <laughs> Boner Springs. Yep. All right. The next thing that I sticks up it was uh June 17th. Where where does he play? Middletown. Middletown? Yeah. Middletown, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> that's a long haul from over here. That's my gonna, that's my use, business, Paul. Yeah, I use my own cop. I, yeah, I use my own silly. cop, Paul. I use my own cop, Paul. <laughs> what? Why? Why want to drive sixty miles? Ah, uh, that's my, my business. business. It's my business, Paul. I got to get out of that area. Um, <laughs> so I could do that whole fucking skit right now. June twentieth, I have in the Providence Ride, the Civic Center. I have when they started bringing "I Was Made for Loving You" back into the set list. Yep. Yep. I got okay. that. Yep. So the previous to this, all the tour was in the United States. They made a quick pit stop. June 15th to Canada, Toronto. And that's what the show they did with White Snake, Slaughter, and Faster Pussycat. Yep. Now they're back into the United States in the month of June and further going further down. Previous to this, now, Tom, they're going to hit our neck of the woods. They played Great Woods, June 29th, 1990. That's me. A, a young Heavy Mayo may have been in the uh, audience then. <laughs> loves to keep saying hey you're gonna be at great woods buddy they haven't called it great woods in like fucking 20 30 years i know i know yep yeah so, so they were at great woods june 29th tom yep then afterwards they're in our still our neck of the woods because they circle back to springfield july 3rd yep old orchard beach in maine all of us new englanders know what that is Nice little tourist destination there for us. Which, by the way, shows you how, if, if for anybody that's been up into Old Orchard Beach, the Old Orchard Beach ballpark where they played, yeah, that's not a big venue. <laughs> that's not, which leads me to a quick, a quick side note here while we're talking about the, yeah. the performances. The average attendance for this show was 6,600 people. I don't understand how they can do an arena and only get 6,600. That's average. That can't be right because Great Woods fits about 20,000 plus. I know it was not sold out when I went there. It wasn't even close to being sold out. But half of Great Woods is about 10 grand. I, I find it hard to believe that they, I know again, that was, it was literally 30 years ago this year that I went to that show. So I yeah. can't remember. Yeah, but yeah, 60, 6,600. If you're if that's your average attendance, you're not playing sheds with sixty six hundred people. But that being said, yeah. So July twentieth, uh, they brought back the drum solo 
for Eric Carr. Now, let's take a little side note on this. Let's talk about that. Yes. Um, Paul Stanley broke his ribs, so he wanted to take a little bit of a break. So they brought in the drum solo so Paul could have a break during the middle of the show. Yep. Eric Carr's drum solo. Thank you, Bruce Kulik, who put up his recent video again. That drum solo. Now, that's something I can enjoy. So he somehow set up, okay, and rigged his drums to have like a trigger on it. Yep. So when he hit certain parts, synthesizers would go. So he had like almost like a full band going while he was hitting the drums. Unbelievable. Throw in the laser show that was going off and him just teasing everybody and banging and just going nuts. Now that's a fucking drum uh, solo that I can watch. It was absolutely amazing. Check it out on Bruce's video. Like Zeus said, they had the, he had those trigger pads connected to the synth to make it sound like it was a band. Then you had the laser show was in uh, in unison with what he was playing. It was just it was just spectacular. And and that's how you do a drum solo. It was great. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So August twenty one, and then August twenty six. Ha! <laughs> Here's the funny one. I don't know why, but in the set list, yep. it says, oh, Susanna. You know what I bet that is? My my guess on that is that they probably, they were probably doing something like stupid or something silly based on where they were. You know, they, they were in, they were in Kansas. I don't know. Maybe it was Paul. You know how these set list things are? Maybe Paul like did like a little riff and he just was silly. So then the person adds it to the set list. I mean, obviously, obviously they didn't play. Oh, Susanna. Yeah. So August 26, when they're over in, uh, in Kansas, this is one of the more notable events that happened on this, uh, tour. The, uh, the stage set overloaded the power supply for the arena and a transformer blew outside the building and it cut all the electricity inside the arena. The the show ended. Uh, They couldn't even do the show. And this was funny. Maybe it's not. It's funny to me because I'm kind of a dink, but he says a short time later, Paul Stanley called the local radio station and promised to return to Selena to make up for the shortened show. The phone call was recorded and played on air. Despite this, Kiss has never returned to (laughs) Selena. (laughs) Thank you. Good night. I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh, but that's just awful. I mean, that's awful. I don't know. I, I just, I, I just feel no, bad that's that. fine, Tom. I'm glad you brought it up to rub it in their faces. The one listener from that area that's listening to us, like fucking assholes. I, I know, I know. They're still waiting for that in their Vinnie Vincent refund too. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So. Yep. Yep. Then Go they, ahead. In September 6th, they hop on over to Vancouver. Yep. British Columbia, Canada, for one show at the Pacific Coliseum. Back to the United States again. During this time, they were with Slaughter and Winger, and then they become Winger and Vixen. Ooh! Every time I think of Vixen, God. That would have been... Oh, Oh, such a crush on that fucking smoke show back then. See what I'm saying? All these bands were big at that time. They were were in rotation on the radio. You know what I mean? They they picked some good ones. I don't know how I got stuck with Little Caesar. With all due respect respect to anybody that likes Little Caesar, I don't know how I got stuck with them. I like the song. I don't know anything about the band. Exactly. I would have liked to have heard the song, not seen the fucking band. (laughs) Jenny Gardner. (laughs) <laughs> all right i gotta get i gotta i'm i gotta focus here so they did a couple more back and forth with canada then in october a couple in ontario then back to michigan then back to ontario 
And then finally back to Worcester, Massachusetts yeah. in Portland, Maine. Worcester, uh, October 26th, 1990 at the Centrum. And yes. uh, they finally finished the tour November 9th, 1990, Madison Square Garden, New York City, New York, yep. which ended up being Eric Carr's last performance with Kiss in a concert. Rest in Sadly. peace. Sadly. Yes. Slaughter and Winger opened up then. Oh, what a show. Yeah. What a show. Now, it's funny. We just talked about uh, recently in our flashback episode post. I put up our uh, previous episode we did with Greg Prado, his Take It Off Truly Unmasked book. Yep. Fucking awesome read. I find ourselves, like myself, at least Tom, I don't know about you, referring back to it. If anything, in the 80s, I refer back to this book. That's amazing. Kurt Gooch, sometimes known as the uh, release police, (laughs) um, has a great section in here about the Hot in the Shade tour. Yep. And he's got his book out there, uh, Kiss, the Kiss Tour book, which is fantastic. Uh, and he was just raving about this tour, especially coming off the weakness of Crazy Nights tour. And talking about what, how frantic people were going and how nuts people were going that the show opened up with I Stole Your Love and then kicked into Deuce. That's that insane. The crowd was just overwhelmed the the sphinx coming out the laser shows all the songs that they brought out even bruce talked about it they were doing more choreographed stuff together like the effort seemed to be there on this tour they fans went into this tour because there was no internet and all that other shit overwhelmed yep right instead of being over promised and under delivered the opposite I'll tell you, if the internet existed back then, I bet you this tour would have been bigger because then people people could have gone on to Twitter and Facebook and be like, holy shit, dude, you guys got to get tickets to the show. And But you as, know? As, as big as you say that, then what would have happened the years prior? <laughs> the internet, if they saw the Crazy Nights tour, right? Yeah, you might be right. You might be right. May never have made it True. to the Hot in the Shade tour. Good point. Good point. Good point. Right? But... I mean, there's a great section in there. And then Bruce's video that he recently put up, he talked about it. Um, The crowd fucking loved this tour. Yep. And to me, we'll know, we'll find out because we'll have to see as we compare these tours as we go along. The the tour that I hear the most about, non-makeup, all the Kiss tours, is the Hot in the Shade tour. Sticks out, yeah, because it's the first. Because it's like we said at the beginning of the episode, it's the tour where Kiss really embraced their past, and 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 that's what people want. Look, look when you when you go see a band with the longevity and the career like like a Kiss, you don't mind hearing new stuff. Like when I go see when I see Metallica, I love their new material. Okay, they they play some stuff, but you want to see a band like that that has a 35 year career. You want to see them play stuff off their original, off their early years and kiss drifted away from that. But here they did not, as we said, and that is what people wanted and they were energetic. They were the, the production. It just, it, it, it checked off all the boxes to get fans excited. You know, and one, and one, th- one quick thing that we didn't talk about, which is interesting that this was the first tour 
where uh, maybe not the first tour, but it was it, w- it was clear that the manager would do his fire breathing routine. Okay. Yes. Yeah, you're right. And, and another thing that was interesting that the manager told Gene directly, he said, Gene, stop sticking your tongue out. You're a 40 year old guy. He said, uh, Paul and I had this thing where we were going to fine Gene Simmons every time he stuck his tongue out. And if you go back and watch the videos, he doesn't do it as much. Larry said, when you're in makeup, it's cool. It's part of the shtick. But when you're out of the makeup, sticking the tongue out drove him crazy. So I thought that was interesting because because Gene, we, we've said before, Gene had a tough time kind of shedding that demon, uh, you know, persona without the makeup. But another one was the fact that you wanted the best. You got the best wasn't coming out. Correct. It would come out from the laser with lasers and stuff out of Leon. Yep. Right. Yep. And then Paul sometimes would say, would you want to kick something? What do you say we kick some ass? Yeah, settle down. Go have some gelato. <laughs> <laughs> Leon's would open his eyes and mouth and sing the final verse of God of Thunder. Yes. Gary Corbett with the off state, the, the keyboardist at the time off stage. Would forgot do like a, some forgot, sort of sympathizer, synthesizer with Leon's mouth and whatever. Yeah. Forgot to bring that up. Yeah. They made it so Leon's mouth moved and it made it sound like he was singing crazy. Oh. Yeah, and it's just a matter of, I don't know, the the difference. They thought this one through. That's the that's it. And just when you thought they were done, besides the laser, Eric Solo, the fucking God of Thunder mouth moving, all the other crazy shit, just when you thought it was over, boom, it comes the KISS logo comes out. Yep. So it's like we're, they're hitting you. Boom, here's another one. Here's another one. Take this. Take this. This is what kisses at its best when it shows you the effort they're doing to entertain you. And nobody can do it better than them. They embrace the past. They show, I mean, I, think about it. Like, think of the stones. Yep. Rolling stones. They come out with tattoo you, right? Yep. In the 80s. I don't know if they did this, but I'm just saying. So what if they started doing like start me up and all that stuff? And they just neglected all the original shit that made them big hits. Right. And big stars. And we're like, we're going to do our 80s and late 70s songs, but none of the 60s songs that you all know and love. Right. And then all of a sudden they come back and like, okay, let's sprinkle this shit in. Everyone's like, what the fuck? They played this. Think of how much how insane that would be for the fans. That's what's happened with Kiss here. They brought yeah. back stuff that the old fans could embrace. And by doing so, it brought those new fans to take a look at the old stuff and be like, Look at all this stuff is interesting. No, you're right. It's just it. it, And that's why this tour is so beloved and it deserves that. And I can't you guys, I'm sure if you're listening, you have Kissology on DVD. Go back and check out that show and see it on the big screen. You don't want to watch it on YouTube on your phone. Um, Go, go, go check it out because it's just insane. Yeah, I, I, I can't say enough. This is a great tour. The, the band was like that. The Eric Carr, Bruce Kulick, Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons kiss was at his pinnacle. Yep. And it's it, like an image, you know, caught in time. And I, I can't say enough. I think the album is great, too. I wish they did more tracks off of it. But the fact that they brought these old songs back, we're so used to them. We got fatigued from them now. But back then, bringing them back. Oh, different story. Way different story. 
I'm looking, I'm looking back here as we're talking. I'm looking back. I think this is the crazy nights tour. And uh, you're right. I think fits like a glove may have never left the set uh, from when it was entered, but just real, real quick. So here's some of the songs they played in the set list. So first of all, the set list only had 15 songs plus two on an encore, but they had, they played when your walls come down, bang, bang, you hella high water. No, no, no reason to live. Fits like a glove. Lick it up. They played a couple of classics. They played love gun, cold gin. I love it. Loud war machine, Detroit rock city, rock and roll all night. Uh, and that was only 17 songs, but that was, it was a crazy nights tour. And it was heavy on crazy nights. They, I mean, they opened up with love gun. So that's, you, you know, remember that, this is how they were back then. You look at animalized. How many right. songs animalized live? How many songs were the classics? Right. They had songs in the eighties that were part of their set list yep. and they would pull out deep cuts of the eighties songs, like under the gun into their set list. Right. So uh, I think th- by this point now there was uh, a mixing of the eras and they're like, yes. fuck it. Let's start embracing this stuff. Yep. And then sadly within about, uh, about a year's time, Eric passed Exactly. and a whole new kiss had to come out. Um, yep. but then, then, Again, you know, we got this era and we got this tour. So one other thing, Tom, I like to do when we did this starting with the uh, Spirit of 76 tour, we look at the set list and we talk about songs that were on the set list or played throughout that set list. What would you change about it? Now, for instance, it's the Hot in the Shade tour. I can't say to you, oh, I want them to take out Fits Like a Glove and put in You Love Me to Hate You. They never played that song. So that's not realistic for me to add that in. But I'm talking about songs that they played on that tour that I would like to say and say, this is my set list. So I would stick with, I would, they played Little Caesar once. So I would yank Crazy Nights and get that the fuck out of there. And I'd throw in Little Caesar. I know it's not fair, but I've heard I was made for loving you a million times. I would rather listen to under the gun. I think that would be insane to listen to that for one time. I would also like keep betrayed the fuck out of the set list. I don't care. I've never heard it. Thank God. I would probably also take out. I want you and put in, come on and love me. If I could, I'd want to put in hell or high water. Not sure where I would put it in though. I don't know what I would take out because Rise to it, hide your heart, and forever just came into the set list because they're new songs. I would love to hear Hell or High Water. I actually like that song, but I'm not taking out as much as Fatigue. I'm not taking out Love Gun. I'm not taking it I Love It Loud. Uh, you know, I just, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, it'd almost be a blasphemy to take out Strutter because I'm sick of the song, but they're not even playing that now. So I, I wouldn't take that out for it. So I'm not sure what I would do. So, but I would love to see hell or high water in there, but I can't find a place for it. Tom, what about you? Any changes you would make to the set list from the basic one that we described earlier? Yeah, I agree with you on little Caesar. Um, I'd love to, I'd love to hear that. What would you Uh, take out? I definitely, I'm with you on crazy nights. Okay. So little Caesar over crazy nights. Okay. Yeah. Um, under the gun. eh, Nah, I I don't need to hear that live. I'm I'm just, I'm not a big fan of that. And plus I like the rockin' version. I was made for loving you. I like when Mm -hmm. they play it live. Like I like it on a live three. Yeah. Um, come on and love me. Absolutely. My God. Absolutely. Would that go in? And uh, you, you're going to kill me for this. You're going to kill me for this, but wait, I would wait, take, what are you taking out for? Come on and love me. Yeah. I'm taking out, lick it up. 
<laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, okay. And then, and then I'm kind of in the same boat with you. Hell or hallelujah. We uh, hello hallelujah. Hell or high water. Uh, we both love that song. That's a great deep cut off of uh, Crazy Nights. And for me, I would take out probably. Ah, God, see, I like the solo in "I Want You," but I don't really like the song. I might leave "I Want You" in and take out "I Love It Loud" and put in "Hell or High Water." Oh yeah, it's such a staple now. Oh, and all, like, all those all those songs that were yanked out of the playlist, I'd pretty much want them all in. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't choose to put "Under the Gun" back in, but I wouldn't mind it if I heard it. But yeah. all those songs that got benched, I'd want them all back in that starting lineup. Betrayed, eh? It could maybe stay on the sidelines. Maybe just because it's different and you don't you've never heard it live. But eh, I don't know. I don't. What am I going to take out for that? I don't know. Yeah, but if you think about it, if you're imagining being there, you were in 1990, and they yeah. didn't play Deuce because they played Betrayed. That's <laughs> yeah, right. No, you're right. Somebody's getting a beaten. It's true. No, you're right. Yep. So, anything else before we go to start ranking these now, Tom? No, I just I'm just so excited to be able to talk about it because I I, I was just so happy that I was here to see it. Um, and I can experience it. Granted, it was 30 years ago, but I was there and uh, it was just amazing. It, everything we're talking about, if you guys were there, I, I'm sure there's t- plenty of people listening right now that were there. You know, share your thoughts. You know, who, who did you have for opening bands? <laughs> did you get stuck with Little Caesar like me? You know, yeah. I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully you yeah. got to see Vixen or Winger or some of those other bands that played with Slaughter Faster. Send Pussycat us an too. email. Yeah. Send us a message. Cont- let us know. What did you see? What is the hot and the. The shade tour mean to you. Yep. Um, we'll get into feedback and stuff, but Tom, this is our second tour episode. Yep. The first one we had nothing to compare it to. Now we have. So the first tour we did, the Spirit of 76 tour. Now we're doing the hot and the shade tour. Let's start with something easy. Costumes, Tom. Well, destroyer tour. Spirit of 76, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Not even close. And I mean, they're in, they're, they're, they're in, they're in makeup spirit of 76. I mean, that for me, that's right. The original four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nothing going to beat that. Okay. Stage. I'll be honest with you. This is a tough one because the spirit of 76, that the stage is, is awesome. It's got all those gimmicks and stuff that we talked about, but you you call me crazy here. I'm going to go, I'm going with the hot in the shade stage. The lasers and all that stuff, and the Sphinx, and how we how Leon kind of explodes, then the then the the Kiss logo comes up. I, I just I got to go with that. Really? Yep. Over the spirit of seventy six tour. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I know. That is. I know. Pretty, pretty big, buddy. Pretty um, pretty big. Yeah. They had the lighted stairs. I know riser. I know it was cool. It was cool. I might be a little part. I might, I might be a little partial too, because I was there. So maybe that, maybe that's influencing my pick, but that's okay. Uh, I I've got to stay as, but it's close. I've got to say, I can't see any, um, non makeup beating any makeup tour. I'll be honest with you. Well, I didn't say I'm, we're talking right now. We're just talking stage. I yeah, didn't say stage. That. That's okay. what I'm saying. Okay. 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 
Yeah. All right. I, I can't see him beating it. So I'm going to stick with Spirit of 76. Okay. And then let's obviously go with the tour itself in the set list. The set list? Yeah. I'm going with the Hot in the Shade set list. More, more, more albums, more songs. Oh, no. Why, how, why wouldn't I? The, 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 the Spirit of 76, it only, you only gave me four albums. Oh. I will take the original 14 songs that they did on the Spirit of 76. All right. You know what? Let's do this. Let's pull up the Spirit of 76. Okay. Let's, let's pull it up. You're also forgetting who's performing on them. No, we're not. We're, we're talking about set. I'm not, we're not talking about players. We're, not ta- we're talking about the set list. That's what we're talking about, right? Yes. 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 <laughs> All right. So let's take a look here. Okay. So if we're comparing the set list, you got King of the Nighttime World, Let Me Go Rock and Roll, Hotter Than Hell, Nothing to Lose, Do You Love Me, Firehouse. And Peter Chris singing Black Diamond. Sometimes Flaming Youth or Watching You were played. Okay. I thought we were just going set list. We're not going who's singing and playing. We're just going songs. But if we're going to include what you're including, that's fair. We'll do that. But I'll tell you I'll tell you right now, some of those songs, King of the Nighttime World, I love. Let Me Go Rock and Roll sucks. Harder Than Hell sucks. Cold Gin, they play that anyways. I love Firehouse. I'm missing that. But you give me the hot in the shade set list and I'm getting, I stole your love, which might be my favorite song. I'm getting heavens on fire. I'm getting, I was made for loving you rise to it. Fits like a glove, hide your heart, lick it up forever. I'm getting tears of fallen. I'm just, I'm getting more. I'm getting a more, more, more variety. I'm not going to fault you for that because you're right. If you're going to encompass the whole thing and look at the members and stuff, I'm just looking at strictly set list. Okay. Set list. I picked spirit of 76. You took hot in the shade. Okay. Finally, Let's go to tour. If you could have a ticket front row to any tour, which one would you prefer to see? Oh, no doubt. Destroyer. He's talking the original four. Okay. This, this is again, this is again, like the kind of like when we do the album review stuff, like pulling things apart, like stage set. Yes. Set list. Yes. But when you're talking, which one, like you, you just said, you give me a ticket to one show. I'm going to see the original four in makeup all the time. That'll always win. Yeah. So I would say 76. Yep. Okay. I like it. I like it. Perfect. Good one. Um, So let's now, now that we finished the rankings, let's answer a question. All right. So questions from our good friend, Lance Lumley, also known as lovely Lance. Uh, this is this is an easy one. We, we we got a nice long episode here, so we don't want to spend another 43 hours on a question, even though we could do that. Do you think Mr. Make Believe from Gene's solo album would have been a good choice to be played on MTV Unplugged? No, really? Not at all. Really? Please explain. I thought you liked that song, too. I hate that song. Okay, so that's why. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a Beatles ripoff, and totally. you already have a song very similar to that, but it's a better song. See Which you is? tonight. Okay. It, there's no reason to have it. 
because when you when you there's also I, I overanalyze it because when he says, "Oh, should they have added that?" No, I can think of five thousand other Kiss songs they should have added. Make Mister Make Believe wouldn't be in the top fucking two hundred Kiss songs for them to do. Stay on target. Answer the question. Stay I did. Tar- no, okay. not even close. All right. So one of the reasons I would say no is because I can't imagine Kiss ever adding anything from the solo albums onto this because see you tonight was well no no you're right they did do see you tonight and that was from gene's solo album so yeah uh, maybe I'm, I'm i'm talking out of the wrong hole here i think mr make-believe i don't think it would have been a problem but like you said if you, you, you got to take see you tonight out you can't have both because it's kind of the same song and it's a better song much better song yeah mr make-believe is not great um he says he thinks so. I would like some feedback from Lance as to see why of all the songs he picked, why this one would be added to the to the MTV Unplugged. I think he thinks because it's kind of like a Beatles ripoff with two guys singing guitars. It seems like an acoustic set kind of a yeah, song. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe the harmonics of him and Paul would have made it interesting. But like you said, probably could have asked, asked for a ton of different songs. But It's just out of left field. Like, why that one? Yeah, no, but I, we like left field and we like Lance. So thank you for uh, for the question, Lance. Uh, Absolutely. You may, may not have gotten the answer you wanted, but we appreciate it. So thank you. Yeah. So where else can people find us, buddy? So our email is shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com. Shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com. Email us. Uh, we'll read them on the air. You know, give us show feedback, questions, comments, anything let us know uh we're also available on all the social medias twitter facebook instagram we're very active on all of those if you're not following us follow us please on those we also have a facebook group called the shouted out loudcasters another interactive page you can get involved with uh we're posting all kinds of articles stories pictures everything all good kiss stuff so check us out there and uh, our podcast, we're part of the wonderful Pantheon Podcast Network with uh, amazing shows. And that, that network keeps growing with all different genres of rock, metal, pop, folk, country, you name it. And uh, our show can be heard everywhere. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, uh, Amazon Music. Uh, you name it, we're there. If for some reason there's a particular platform that you like and you can't find us, let us know and we'll find out why. But I would struggle to believe that we're not available pretty much everywhere. And lastly, check out our buddy Ed over at Click T-Shop. Click with a K. Um, Ed sells amazing Kiss-inspired gear. He's also the one who invent who uh, invented our awesome uh, show logo. So you can get some awesome shout-out Loudcast gear as well as awesome other Kiss-related gear. That's Click T-Shop with a K. And that's our buddy Ed. Awesome. So... I, I always ask people to send us direct messages either on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And then, you know, the email always works. We love hearing your feedback. Send us an email, shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. The emails are a little bit more personal. You can get longer and get into details about things. So I always enjoy getting those. I know Tom does as well. And more importantly, as well. Make sure you give us one of those five star child. Notice how I didn't drop the 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 the, the clip in Tom. Oh boy. Uh, five star child reviews. We've had a, a bunch recently, and maybe it's because I I kind of asked for a little bit more from you guys, and you guys have been great, and we really appreciate it. And so please keep them coming. Go on to iTunes. Give us one of those five star child reviews. You can do it on Spotify, Stitcher. Podchaser.com 
All that stuff matters. It's very helpful. Subscribe to us on our YouTube channel where we play all our videos. It's usually just the audio with the clip of our logo. That's very helpful. Subscribe there. Like those YouTube pages. Very much appreciated. So keep interacting with us. We greatly appreciate it. It's a big help to us. And in addition, we actually want to read recent review that yes. we got from a very good friend of the show. And, um, and just as we were just talking about talk to us, direct messages, uh, I talk direct messages with Chris Vickery all the time. And, uh, great guy, you know, yeah, we go back and forth. He's got some funny, uh, stories to share with us sometimes. And, um, and it's great. Uh, I love the interaction. It's very, uh, you know, it can be very good on a, on a, on a slow day, just telling stupid stories and stuff and laughing about music and kissing life. So Chris Vickery wrote, shout it out loudcast on Apple podcast. My go-to podcast for all things Kiss. Love Tom and Zeus's honest opinion on the band. This podcast had me going back and listening to all the Kiss catalog. Nice. Short and sweet. Five-star review. Chris Vickery. Chris, greatly appreciate it. You're a great friend of the show. Thank you very much. Chris, thank you, buddy. Um, just, we, know, we know everybody's busy, and to just take a couple minutes to write one of those for us. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Chris. Or just to drop by and say hello to us. Let us know. Yep. Tom, at the end, we always leave with famous last words of Kiss. You got any? You were the girl that nobody could own. Stay for a while. Then you would leave me alone. Because I... How do they not play that song? Right, My two favorite Kiss songs in the set list. And they're not even deep cuts. They're fucking hits. <laughs> oh, so annoying. Oh. I'll give you fever. I'll give you chills. Make you a believer. Oh! <laughs> I'm going to break your will. Now, the funny thing is, a while back, Jericho texted me a clip, and I wish I had. I don't even know if I still have it. Saying that part. I don't know what was on his mind. Oh, my God. You remember I, that? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, baby, baby. Yep. He loves doing that. It was something we were talking about. I was laughing. I think it was the Hot in the Shade review, where I was laughing that I, I thought that part in the song was terribly corny. Just like, oh. Yep. Oh. Yep. Like, ooh, I'll give you fever. Ooh, I'll give you chills. <laughs> yeah, Chris does that, and he fucking sang it to me all the time. Yep. <laughs> like, how random is that? How fucking cool is he? That's anyway, awesome. uh, Tom, thank you. Kiss Army, thank you. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, thank you guys for always tuning in and interacting with us. Zeus, thank you as always. Kiss Army, stay safe, be good. Peace out, Girl Scout.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 